Damn, I'm probably going to have to edit that show part out because I yelled really loud. I heard a clip. Well, anyways, guys, you know what you're doing. You're listening to our fucking podcast. It's about me talking about dope fairy tales while getting drunk. But tonight, we got something prepared for you that you weren't expecting. Do y'all remember The Lion King? Yes. Nope. Absolutely. I forgot. Never seen it. Yeah, Julian... Julian, tell us about that real quick. Never seen The Lion King. Don't plan on ever watching it. All right, that's enough out of you, Julian. There well, we anyways, that's guys. Kind of sad. This it, opens up so many questions we don't have enough time for, though. No, okay. we don't. Yeah. We're going to give Julian his own show. It's okay. going to be called The Saddest Childhood Ever. <laughs> that would be uh, an understatement. Like <laughs> never seen The Lion King. He didn't no. have a childhood. No, no, no. <laughs> anyways, guys, my name is Malaku, and we're going to be doing something different tonight. Instead of doing a fairy tale... We're going to do what the Lion King did when they got lazy and they did that 1.5 shit and they were like, why don't we just tell the same fucking story from someone else's point of view? Except what we're doing instead of fairy tales is nursery rhymes. That's right. You heard it correctly. Nursery rhymes. So with that being said, let's go ahead and do our thing. Thank you, Helios Network, for fucking giving us a, a platform to do this on. Otherwise, we'd be doing this at my house and pissing ourselves without it being recorded. And that's no fun. I also want to go ahead and introduce fucking fan favorite. Everyone knows. Why are you? It's, what is that? Are you I'm flipping? Practicing. But are you flipping me <laughs> off? No. I was flipping off the camera. Oh. Damn. All right. And yeah, not everything's about you. Hey, were you, who are you about to introduce, bro? Yo, isn't that the question? There's three dudes here. Who's going to be number one? I don't know. Let's go ahead and take out the money in your pockets. Whoever's got the most is getting introduced first. All right. Hurry up. Money. Time's going. Time's going. Okay. Who's got the most money? Who's got the... Ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Rawlings in the house, our conductor, our maestro. Woo-woo. Nah, dude. $4 in my pocket, which is uh, the budget that I have for the next five minutes. Fuck. <laughs> I got more than okay, that. Okay, well, you know what, dude? I have like $25 in my pocket, which is only a fucking tiny fraction of the fucking stacks I have <laughs> bro, in my I'm bank sure, account. No, so no, you have sure, no idea. I just sure. don't carry it on me, bro. Bro, believe me, I'm about to join the DCC. Oh, the DCC? Yeah. I'm part, of the, club, I'm, tar- part of the fucking NWA, all right? All right. So you f- fuck off. What's the NWA no, no stand for? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was good. That was on the fly. Yeah, but that you heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. Joshua Rawlings no longer going to be a guest ever again, forever, for all of time. Because from now on, baby, you're making sure my caboose keeps going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Choo, that make me a fluffer? Oof. I don't know. Do I need to be? Am I a pillow? No, that's not what I was thinking. You're the buffer, not the fluffer. I'm the buff. Oh, is that what it is? Yes, yeah, so you're the buffer between him and the rest of the. No, world. he's the stuffer. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, guys, I got it. Buffer, fluffer, and stuffer. Whoa. Meet me outside. Wait, hold on. Shit, Who guys. Uh, I'm not hey, sure. Hey, man, I'm glad to conduct, bro. Where are my glasses? Dude, you know what? Fuck start it. Start conducting, then, dude. Oh, dude, let me <laughs> see those glasses, bro. On? Let me see. You're not oh. conducting, dude. You're you're <laughs> disrupting, is what you're no, doing. Here you go. Throw him. Got him. All, All right. right. Let's keep this rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, off to our next guest. I can't read what I wrote here. Yeah, I was I was peeking at the computer, and you shouldn't say that. No, I should not, man. All right. Julian Breyer. Thank you. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, motherfuckers? Dude, I'm over here ready to listen to Jack and Jill. I've been watching you prep it for a long time. Because I, unlike everybody else here, get to see you study for all these. Yeah. And so it's pretty fucking boring to hear it's you talk miserable. about it all the time, knowing that I'm going to have to be on the show and learn about it. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Really no, but Is that's it? not that's not fair, though, because Julian also at the same time, like Julian definitely does hear and see me do all these things. But also the whole time, Julian's like, dude, this is fucking riveting. This yeah, is fascinating. True. I just he- wanted to insult you, dude. Get get it. Get on with it. He's got his dick out and I he's just say Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, see. Bro, I meant to say Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> You're a little late, huh? This is a fucking train wreck. And then we got our camera guy who's always here keeping a g-g-gay oh. stir. Yeah. Drewski Miles. Let's hear it. God, what a stream. Steady that flow, dude. Good. That was good. And now that we're getting to the end of our introduction... Julian ruined it all, as always, ladies and gentlemen, Jack and Jill. 
Wait, so we are doing Jack and Jill. Yeah, yeah. motherfucker. Uh, what? I just thought I was mishearing stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> I know, I've always heard what that's about. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, so I want to go ahead and give credit to uh, our conductor real quick because he was the first person to agree with me to do nursery rhymes. And on top of it, I was going to pick a pretty stupid one. And he he was like, why don't you do something different? Figure it out. What and was his first choice? Uh, it was uh, Ring Around the Rosie. Yeah, you piece of shit. Like, Pocket full of posies, dude. Story, what the right. hell? Are you guys both talking shit at the same time? How about... How about... Jack and Jill. Hey, wait, so who knows the dirty version of Jack and Jill? Wait, we, no. we all know it. He did the same shit to me. We don't, all heard don't it. fucking, don't you Jacqueline fucking and know. Phyllis? I forgot what it was. I will, I'll fucking tell you later, dude. Okay, okay. All right, this is a network show. We're not talking about dirty <laughs> shit on a network show. How dare you, dude? But you really, though? Let's start at the beginning, guys. Okay. What is a nursery rhyme? Anybody know? A rhyme that comes from the nursery? Right. A rhyme for children. Yeah, for little little for little tykes. I don't know why I thought this was going to be a harder thing to answer, but it turns out that's exactly what it is. But did you guys know that they don't know really when they? So ideally, the first time people started using nursery rhymes as a as a term, and not just as like poems or folklore or whatever you wanted to call them, was like the 18th and to the 19th century it was the first time nursery rhymes was collected as a term. Up until then. They were just stories. And a big thing about these nursery rhymes is because they're like poems, they can be contained in this database. And that database is actually called the... I actually don't remember what the database is called. It's called like the Rude Rude Folk Database. It's R-O-U-D. And it's a collection of like different kind of like folk songs, but I guess nursery rhymes fall in this oh, classification. I'm with it. This is run by a college, right? It's it's a it's a actually a part of a college university research initiative. Uh, I've it, seen this before because they, they do old folk, American folk tunes as well. Yeah, it's called the Ru- uh, the Rude Folk Song Index, is what yes. it's called. I'm pulling it up right now, yeah. and uh, it's collected by let me make sure the london borough of it's a former librarian who like started this in the london borough of croydon his name was steve rude born in 1949 that's really interesting okay they they cover a lot of stuff they are the definitive resource yeah they are for, for folk songs and, and folk tales and folk dance and song societies yeah, yeah exactly. that's who they're maintained by yeah so yeah isn't that fucking crazy yeah so what do they have to say about Jack and Jill? Well, basically, Jack and Jill, because it's like a folk song, there is a uh, poetic rhythm that it follows, and that poetic rhythm is is a trochaic rhythm. There's a word for it in French. It was the... I don't recall. It was like trochet or something like that? Troch. Trochet? I don't know. Trochet? I have no idea. I don't recall the word at all. You're the worst French correspondent. I apologize. You just said this was a word you told me about a few days ago. Yeah, dude. You speak pretty good French, right? Decent. It's going away and it makes me sad. Oh, that is sad. Yeah, I have to keep listening to it and like consuming French or otherwise I fall apart. If there's any little French anecdotes that you you find in the middle of this, I'd be really curious to hear. I got one. I want. Can you you say we have fish? On a du poisson. One more time. On a du poisson. Tenemos pescado. One more time. On a du poisson. All right, moving on. So nursery rhyme is basically a, a some kind of poetic form of telling a story. The thing that was specific about trochaic that I thought was dope is that your dad, Joshua, wrote a poem to Nadia one time, I think for their anniversary. And it was specifically in iambic pentameter. And this is the first time I've ever seen, I think, a penis so large without actually seeing it in person. Like you, like you felt it more than you saw it. And it was when he took the letter from her and he went, babe, let daddy read it. You don't speak iambic. And then he recites the poem. And I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Trochaic is theoretically, if you were to dumb it down, the opposite of iambic pentameter where the stressor is almost on the, if we were talking musical, it would be on the one and the three. It'd be on the odd one, the the first odd one, right? So one example was uh, Peter, Peter, Pumpkin Eater. It would be Peter, Peter, Pumpkin Eater. You stress the first syllable back and forth. That's trochaic. Now that we got that out of the way, that is a very common form of nursery rhyme style, like writing. And uh, Jack and Jill happens to follow the same thing. It's an A A B 
CCB poem form, and it 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 follows that kind of rhythm. But in the iambic tradition, which, no, 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 in the trochaic. In the trochaic, but it's still Jack and Jew. Which is trochaic. Iambic pentameter is the opposite. That's right. Yeah. So, so could could you give it to me in iambic pentameter? Because I'm I'm just not familiar enough with it. Pumpkin or yeah, pumpkin. Jack and Jill went up. No. Hill. Jack and Jill went up the, the hill. Uh, okay. okay. Continue. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's very weird. But like, so you started uh, after reading that. I read a couple other nursery rhymes in the same kind of stressing, exaggerated stressing, and it all fits. It's pretty fucking wild. But anyway, so these are very uh, nursery rhymes. Now the the term itself, nursery rhyme, or I guess the idea of like when they were first put together and collected, was by this guy named John Newberry. And now this guy was so influential to the world of literature and children's books and things of that nature that we named the Newberry Medal after him. That's who it is. And so he put it together in this book called The Mother Goose Rhymes in 1765. Now, Mother Goose is a whole ass other rabbit hole. So why don't we just go straight to there? Who's Mother Goose? Why is she influential? Why is she relevant to nursery rhymes? Now, there's an argument. Is this a real person or not? There's Different people kind of like claiming who's a mother goose. One of them was identified with this this lady. She was the, I think, the the wife of King Robert II of France, known as, Julian, can you say this for us real quick? Let me reach over real quick. Berthe la fileuse. One more time. Berthe la fileuse. Also meaning Bertha the spinner or... Bertha, or I guess goose-footed Bertha, was like the idea of it. And the idea was this was a lady who was spinning tales to all the children. The king's wife was telling all the kids' children some crazy, crazy t- stories. And that, that came from goose-footed? Because I was figuring maybe a deformity. Because a lot of the nobility back then were deformed. I mean, so yeah, but also feet, maybe deformed or chosen by God. Deformed. Quite or, a bit. They're, they're married into their families only. Chosen Over by hundreds God. of years. Right, but I don't think these storytellers keeping it pure. I'm not sure, but if the idea was this, this Bert la fileuse or whatever was big Bertha was a big royal Bertha. Woman. Does that actually mean big Bertha? No, it means goose <laughs> goose footed <laughs> Bertha. Goose footed Bertha. That's what it actually sounds like to you in French. No, it must be some old French oh, word. Okay. I've never. Heard Where, were that you saying that maybe like also the name like kind of like gave to her physical features actually as well? I mean, yeah, because people have those types of deformities, like extra webbing on their feet. All the time. Like, that's a pretty common one, actually. And especially considering Appalachia. the nobility at the time were all intermarrying in their families over hundreds of years. There's There was a lot of deformities amongst the nobility. Like, it was super common. So what does Big Bird Bertha have to do with Jack and Jill? So she was basically Mother Goose. One of the examples of Mother Goose that it was possible. So I got a buddy named TK. He's doing some great art, and he keeps messaging me. Now, the issue is my laptop is connected to this. So that's what keeps beeping off like a goddamn sinner saying curse words but anyways another person who wanted to be i guess you know fucking mother goose there was this uh this couple um what's his name or this yeah his couple his name was isaac fleet and was apparently his wife was uh mother goose her name was elizabeth fleet and she would tell stories to her kids and to the grandchildren and everybody who was around her but finally It was said uh, her son-in-law gathered the jingles together, printed them. No evidence of such printing has been found. So the person who put together all his grandmother's stories and said, like, she was Mother Goose. She told us these stories and we printed it. There's no evidence to show that it was ever printed. And on top of it, what they think, which, uh, okay, if we're saying who they is, Iona and Peter Opie, the leading authority on folklore, they think – and other historians, that this story was concocted by Fleet's great-great-grandson, John Fleet Elliott, in 1860 to chase some clout that he didn't deserve. So they're basically saying the idea that Elizabeth Fleet was Mother Goose, some bullshit one of her great-grandchildren put together and was like, yeah, 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 my grandfather wrote these fucking stories about his grandmother telling him stories, and she was Mother Goose, but there's no evidence to support that. And then Iona and Peter Opie basically say it's probably fair 
to go ahead and assume that Mother Goose is just a term for a kind of archetype and not an actual person. And all these different examples of them are just like bullshit people trying to get respect for something like being the first person to start Mother Goose. So this, nobody this really is all knows. to say that we don't really know who wrote the first version. Not only to say that, but to say that Iona and Peter Opie, the leading authorities on folklore, say that we shouldn't. But two other wow. groups of people swear to God that sure. they know Mother Goose. Sure. But they're, they're not authorities besides this one story. I, I don't think there are authorities outside of their small fan base on Facebook that okay. still exists. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, so those are the people that kind of argue who Mother Goose is. And sure. so now we know that nurseries are just nursery rhymes or these tiny rhymes that were supposed to be told to children. The collection of them, the most famous one being the Mother Goose rhymes by John Newberry uh, and Mother Goose being an archetype really for somebody who tells stories to children specifically. So tiny rhymes for tiny people not written by folks that do have big Um On a surface level, yes. <clears throat> on a not-so-surface level, tiny people, children. I feel like those are different, you know? That's just me. I feel like tiny people are tiny people. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, though, because, like, also at the same time, every they time... They are I, tiny people. They are. So it's like if we're just going by pure definitions and stuff. But anyways, let's yeah. get to the meat yeah. and veggies. Yeah. I, want it, I want that to be a thing I say. I want Who people to know story? me. What's the one? Oh uh, yeah, give, give give us the one we all know real quick because I haven't heard actually heard that one in a minute. Yeah. I've been listening to the a bunch of versions. All right, real quick, just because I have you this. Know, we're just nervous. We want to like. Is yeah. it? I just expected to be dirty. I didn't even know there was a clean version. Nigga, really? Yeah. Okay, well, there's a clean version. I want to go ahead and uh, ask Drew real quick because Drew seems to know all sorts of bullshit from his childhood. And don't maybe... get it fucking wrong neither. I yeah. got a big book on this stuff. I read it three times. So what's do you remember Jack and Jill? Uh oh shoot, man, it's been yeah, so yeah. long. Let's see. Uh Jack and Jill went up a hill to fetch a pail of water. God, and that's uh, that's yeah, pretty much all I know. Okay. Like No, uh no, it's Jack and Jill go up a hill to fetch a pail of water, and then I know that at some point Jack falls down. Um he what tumbles is- down the hill. I can't quite remember the rhyme, but he falls down the hill and What does he break? He breaks something. <sighs> Breaks the pill? I don't know. Breaks his foot? Breaks his noggin? His head? Nigga, it rhymes with down. His crown. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Okay. So, so like, so if you know it, like, let's let's get to the point where I got to, and then I can't remember no more. <laughs> so it was Jack. Jack and Jill go up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fall down, falls down the hill, breaks his crown. Okay, you know, I'm just gonna stop you there because yeah, you're the I'd worst say. at trochaic <laughs> pentameter. <laughs> okay, so give it give it to us in the in the correct trochaic. Um, uh, can I get a beatbox? Yeah, keep it going. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown, and Jill came tumbling after. And now we stop there because this is important. When it came time, there is more to this rhyme, and I'll tell you in a second. There is actually, in one argument, two parts, and a th- another argument, three parts. But they, the third part one keeps the same first and second parts, which leads me to believe it's either an extension or somebody else added onto it. But the reason why this is important is because when it came to figuring out when Jack and Joe was written, they don't know if it was 18th or 17th century because... In the or no, not that seventeenth and sixteenth, because in the seventeenth century is when it was written by John Newberry. But remember our good friends Iona and Peter, those those fucking authority, the fucking pow pow. Mm-hmm. They suggest because the word water and the word after are supposed to rhyme, that this came from a time period in the sixteen hundreds because of the way of uh, people would pronounce things after and or. After water, after water, water, after it would rhyme better and it would make more sense that it was written that time that they would make that association of a rhyme. Could have been water after, no, it could have been water after, 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 water. Yeah, I ain't British. Water after, it's like you got water in your mouth when you're trying to say that. Water. After what? After after. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's. Um. Would it be the same? No. 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 It would be. 
17th century if it's the 1600s. Yeah, 17th century, 1700s. Dude, this is going to be the... We talked about this the first time. Because... It's like doing like military time. It's like, all right. No, 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 it's not. It's just one less. Just go minus one. Not even that. (laughs) No, military time actually kind of makes sense. I get it. You're going up to 24. But this makes like almost the most sense because if you take it back down to the first century, that would be the first 100 years. So anything happening between zero and 100. The second century would be from 100 to 200. It just makes sense that that would be the second century. Well, it wouldn't be a century. century. It wouldn't be a century if you hadn't made it to 100 yet. Wouldn't it not be? No, but you're in that century. No, you shut up. This fucking genius (laughs) is on to something right now, and I think we should just let him expand (laughs) No, he's not. And that's not it because you're in the century. You're not at the century. You're within the century. A century's worth of time. You know, the one thing I hate and love about Julian being on a podcast is he might be the smartest person in the room, but his testicles are so average size. (laughs) (laughs) It blows my mind when he walks up with this big fucking ball energy, bro. But he's right, though, Drew. It's how it goes. Listen. I don't know. You want to talk about stuff like that, bro? You got to get ready to get checked. No, I I appreciate the checking. I'm just always like... 1700s, 17th century. Why can't we just make it easy? I understand. Because you know? it took me years to get that down. But yeah, I got, I, you know. I, you know what? 99% of the time, it doesn't bug me. But right now, I'm just like, I got it wrong, so I have to come up with an excuse for why I'm right. I actually sympathize with that a lot, and I'm actually going to do, I'm going to do you a favor. Yeah. I'm going to do you, I'm going to take, let's give a, a moment of science for 15 seconds for Josh's dignity and Josh's intelligence. Ready? Moving on. So basically, the next part of this, no, it's mostly because you still have those two things. So why would I pause for something that never was lost, Josh? No, no, that's a good point. I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. <laughs> Same, dude. So the next part of this, uh, what are they called? There's bars. Someone. Fucking bars. Is Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown, and Jill came tumbling after. After, Up Jack got, and home did trot as fast as he could caper, went to bed to mend his head with vinegar and brown paper. Now, that's the most accepted first two parts of it, and most people agree it's only two parts of it. Some people argue there's a third. We'll get to the third, but... Let's go ahead and talk about that second line. Up Jack got home he trot as fast as he could caper, went to bed to mend his head with vinegar and brown paper. I feel like there's only one weird part in this, right? The word caper because that means journey, is not, it, ju- not just walk. Is that, that was the part that you were confused about, not the fact that this guy no, got – I was about being confused. It's just that they called it a caper, and caper means journey. And so that's not really – but they kind of make it sound like it's his game. Yeah, but also at the same time, if Jack was up a hill and he fell and broke his head – wouldn't you consider him walking back home a journey? Yeah, no, for sure. Lawyered. Lawyered. Mm, he, he meant his head with vinegar and brown paper. So brown paper, I assume, is probably like cheap paper you get. And vinegar, I guess, maybe that cleaned the wound or some shit. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. brought down the That was something. it. So it turns out vinegar know. and brown paper, yeah, cheap like put together paper. Well, it's not like cheap put together, but it was the only paper put together at the time. It was compressed fucking tree. Um, was a common ailment. Ailment is a healing thing, right? No, no that's that's something you need to heal. Oh no, it was a common remedy. What ails you? So yeah, it's sure. Common, yeah, it could be an aid. Yeah, an aid for an ailment. An ailment yeah, or a an remedy. Aid. Sure. aid for an ailment. Ailment for an aid. <laughs> I'm in the business of giving STDs, baby. So that's what it, they're referring to. I guess people back in the day were just like, fuck it, dude. Put anything together, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll move on, try again. And that's why a lot of people died back in the day. Thank you. Thank you. Is it insulin that just celebrated its 100-year anniversary? I think not insulin. Was it insulin? It might be insulin. Or it's penicillin. No, penicillin I think was later than that. Then insulin. It was 1921. Whatever it was, uh, I think recently we were just celebrating that. Yeah. Also, speaking on things we're celebrating, I just want to go ahead and clear the air. You're right, guys. I know I'm starting to look old, and that's because this is going to be my last podcast ever at 25 years old. This wow. is the last one. Whoa. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? 
I've celebrated it with you present so many times. Yeah, dude, you're a man. Nobody knows the dates. You're a fucking man. Except for you, Julian. I you know, know everything. The, yeah, well, I do know the dates, actually. That's because he's got it tattooed right here, dude. <laughs> November 22nd. Nope. November 21st. All right, at this rate, we're going to get to it eventually. So close. November 19th. Why did you stop? That was the number before 20. It's 19. No, you got it. Stop thinking. You figured it out, bro. You fucking got it. You're actually 18? Wow. Because we have to add one or something? No, 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 no. I was born in the 18th century. Uh, wait, no, 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 19. Which means, so that means, wait, that means you're 20. Oh, fuck. How many years am I? No, if you, so if you're turning 26, that means you were born in the 25th century. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yes, you're yes, from yes, the yeah. future, dude? Holy <laughs> shit. That makes sense why all my bars are so fucking fast forward, guys. Dude. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for being a part of uh, the last 25 years of my existence. Cheers. Dude, you're a third of the you. way there, bro, at best. Dude, <laughs> best. Thank you so much for saying that, a Julian. Because I thought this was the midlife crisis, but you just gave me an extra twenty-five years. And again, I said at best, but I mean, yeah, third. Is it of just it. me, or is everybody having kind of like psychosomatic symptoms from Jack banging his head? Like I feel dizzy right now. You look dizzy right now. You know what, Josh? Actually, you remind me of Jack in this way, okay. in the fact that Jack was a piece of shit. And I honestly, if I had the chance to meet him, I probably wouldn't. But now that I know him, I can't imagine my life without him. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. But I don't know. Sometimes when you hear about people banging their head, I feel like you can lose some brain cells. Like right now, I feel like I'm drooling a little bit. Well, that would make you synonymous with the first potential theory of where Jack and Jill came from. Really? Okay, please. Yeah. So Jack and Jill, they were looking for the basings of it. There's multiple theories of it. And actually, thankfully, I found this. Dope ass article that went ahead and like kind of broke down all the ideas of where it could come from. But the first theory of what it is, like its origin story, is King Louis the. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Roman numerals, you bastards. You bested me. It's not too tough. Come on. 16? Yes. Yes. Also, at the same time, bro, XVI. Like, get the fuck over yourself. Well, it was really easy, though. Wait, so this is smart, <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's super easy, isn't it? Is it, though? you know, X is 10 and a V is 5 and that 1 is 1. You know it's way so easier than that, go. dude? 1 and 6. Like, if they put 1 and then V1. This is fun listening to. I mean, dude, just argue with. The Romans. Continue, I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm just Continue, saying these, these guys are assholes. Anyways, this guy, this this asshole. What's the theory? We're talking right now. We're talking about a theory for why Jack banged his head. What are we talking no, about? No, no, no. Not why he banged his head, but where the idea of Jack banging his head could have come from. And that would be King Louis the fucking XVI of France and his queen, the infamous Marie Antoinette. Can you pronounce it better for us? Marie Antoinette. Marie, I did it better, dude. Antoinette. Antoinette. And the idea is that uh, this guy was beheaded by... Shit, I should have looked into this more, that <laughs> specific part. I guess it, like they there was some revolt, he got beheaded, and his wife was also beheaded. So the idea, Jack and Jill went up the hill, they got water. Jack fell down. Broke his crown, so he's fucking yeah, and then yeah, and the crown breaks, and yeah, he also doesn't have his head. And Jill came tumbling after because they beheaded King Louis, and then they beheaded Marie Antoinette right after. So that's the yeah, and it's in the tradition of like the heads rolling too and falling yeah. down, going yeah. down the hill. I like that theory the best out of all of them. It's good. way more fun. So yeah. those yeah. executions, by the way, took place in 1793, and the poem was first published in 1795. Whoa. So this interpretation does at first seem plausible. And 17 minus 1 is 6, which equals the 16th century. Which is actually the 1500s. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I'm What's 25. What's happening right now? High-level math? Hi, dude. Quick math. I mean, this is metaphysics. Matching it up right now. Metaphysics. No, like the, the amount of calculations going on. Wow. Okay. It's incredible. Hey, Drew. That's a great theory. Can I hit that thing? Your butthole. Yeah. Give me that butthole. I just want to put it in my mouth. Thank you. Anyways. Uh, 20 seconds left in this half. I want to say that I'm just so proud to have learned math today. One plus one is two. Seven. Facts. Minus one is the century that you're 
in if you're in the 16th century. No, 15th. No, wait. Oh, shit. No, that would be 17 minus 2, bro. Josh, you're really good at math, but you're really bad at spelling things. You know who else was bad at spelling things? This couple back in a small village in Somerset. Now, the weirdest thing about this is that we don't have enough time in the first half to talk about this, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. Welcome to the haunting of Siler Tread, a dramatized reading from Siler's own journal. This is a true story about Siler. He was born in Los Angeles, December 28th, 1945. Born into an orphanage, his life was never easy. He spent most of his youth in and out of the system and a lot of his adult life in prison. But on his 33rd birthday, he left the busy streets of Los Angeles and headed to the peaceful town of Glenwood, Iowa. Soon after arriving, strange things started to happen. If you want to know more, go ahead and listen. This story is not for the meek, but I'm sure you can handle it. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with the second half of no, this. No, not yet. You look like a fucking idiot, dude. Once you see it counting down, we're going. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I just took a photo of you. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, fuck. All right. Sweet. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the fucking professionals hour. It turns out Papa's such a gosh darn professional, he got his picture taken. So, guys, where we left you last was uh, d- without boner pills and with a lot of questions. You were probably thinking, what's the second possible theory for Jack and Jill? Can you get us up to that point again real quick? Okay. Just a fast cap. Nursery rhymes, shit you talk to kids about. Um, who started them? John Newberry. Dope dude. Who's Mother Goose? Nobody fucking knows. All right. And then thirdly... Jack broke his crown trying to climb up a hill, and his wife came afterwards, and then they used brown paper and vinegar to fucking clean it up. Also, vinegar, slippery slope, right? Anyone else see it? No? Just me? All right, moving on. So the first claim of where Jack and Jill came from was potentially King Louis and his wife, Marie. The second one which is the most important one in my opinion because I have a friend from Ireland. <laughs> okay, oh shit, this might not be in Ireland. Oh, I'm sorry, Daniel. But there was a small village in Somerset. It's not in Ireland. <sighs> it's in England. Did you have to say that now? Yep. <clears throat> sorry, continue. We don't need boner pills. We need brain pills. There's a small village and I ate my minerals today. We all need some brain pills, bro. I just, I fucking yanked this shit out of my head, bro. Yeah, dude. Your fucking brain's a giant pill and that pill's called MDMA and the MA stands for fucking mass ass. <laughs> a small Thanks, village dude. in Somerset has laid claim to the origin of the rhyme. I'm going to fucking spark notes this because I can't do this. But anyways, there is a couple named Jack and Jill. Okay. They fuck. Fucked. They fucked. Jill got pregnant. Jack went to like go get water or some shit for Jill. And he climbs up this hill in Somerset, an actual hill that exists. And he fell down and broke his crown and he died. And then Jill, pregnant with this child, has to keep going. She has this baby. And then she dies during childbirth. So the entire village raises this kid, Jack. Now, the reason why this is my favorite version of this is because, one, super sad, right? Like, fucking bum city. But for those of you listening, in America in 2020, and for most of the world in 2020, actually, we were in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of COVID-19 it's just like that thing with the centuries. It's called COVID-19, but exists in 2020 and 2021. It's fucking crazy. And so in the midst of this, 
the entire village, I guess, got together thanks to one of the great, great, great grandsons or whatever of Jack and Jill. And they built a statue on an actual hill to commemorate Jack and Jill and to commemorate like the entire village coming together. Why is everybody laughing right now? This is so fucking sad, dude. Why are you guys? Did somebody fart? Did you what? I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. Continue. What did you do? I didn't see it. You just went commemorate. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, dude, really? It's getting to you. It is getting to you. It said, com- said commemorate and continue your story. Thank oh, you. Oh, my God. We're, we're, we're moving on. <laughs> Let's restart the whole fucking show. Daddy <laughs> fucked up. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, this, this, this lady died. And then they made a, a fucking statue to them. It's really sad. But for the third theory, we must travel back a further 50 years in history and from a love to... Uh, we can't do this show if you're going to keep laughing at me. All right. Just because I'm black and susceptible to, you know, the way other black people talk doesn't mean you should make fun of me, okay? Because the fact that it just murmur. <laughs> <laughs> because it is a murmur. <laughs> commemorate. Yeah, because it's also like you're commemorating. <laughs> <laughs> you're murmuring. Uh, so it just hit me on multiple levels. Oh, dude, I actually, you know, no, you. I'm good. No, 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 dude, I'm good. You reminded me I'm fucking great. Actually, I've been thinking about this. I'm just going to take it low and slow from back here, dude. King Charles. Let's talk about him. Let's do it. 1600. So what century is that, Josh? 15. You stupid motherfucker. <laughs> okay, please just keep doing it. We'll never learn. Who just d- keep going. All right, so this guy basically, he did a reform on taxes of alcohol. Actually, this is a really cool thing. This motherfucker basically was the first, oh, I don't know if we can say this, you know, I'm gonna go for it, who gives a shit, he, he fucking jewed out, bro, he fucking did it, bro, he fucking went, why don't we tax this alcohol, and what was once an ounce, is now three quarter ounces, hey, and what's once a, once a half ounce, is just a quarter ounce now. Reform the measurements for more taxation, okay. And what ended up happening is that apparently up until that point, wines and ales could be bought as a pint, a half pint, known as a jack, or a quarter pint, known as a jill. But they spelled jill with a G back in the day. And this is a very common issue for uh, understanding where these stories came from. Jill was spelled with a G originally. It was changed to a J later. But there's this one book that's called... Jack and Jill and old mother Jill, but they spelled the mother Jill with a G and the other Jill with a J. And Julian was telling me they pronounce G's and J's the same in old French. And a lot of the English aristocracy spoke French at the time. So it's very difficult to discern if the G was a hard G like Gill or a soft G like Jill. But the point is it was a Jack and a Gill at this point when King... Louis? Yeah, King Louis. No, no, no. King Charles. What the fuck was his name? This new king that we're talking about right Charles. now. King Charles. Charles, yes. Yeah, so it's specifically pronounced gill, like the gill of a fish. And uh, so he did that taxation on alcohol, and it started with the half pint, the jack. And then afterwards, they did it on the quarter pint, the jill. So the idea that jack fell down broke his crown, crown being the king, putting a taxation on alcohol on the jack. Jill came tumbling after because they ended up switching the Jill also to be taxed as well after they started taxing the jack and realizing how well it worked. They think that's kind of where the rhyme came from. Some old bar tune they would sing to each other in response to this piece of shit who just fucking kept taking away alcohol from so people. You're saying this poem may have been a taxation protest. Not a taxation protest, but more like this uh, taxation ironic uh, bar song that we sang almost yeah. like to make fun of the king, right? Is it, uh, is it satire. Tied to the rest of the poem as well, of the, of the nursery rhyme as well? <laughs> no, but also at the same time, the first 
bar is the oldest one. Okay, gotcha. The one that has two bars is the most common and accepted version we know today. Okay. The one that has three bars is some bitch who just kept reading deeper into this fucking fairy tale or nursery rhyme trying to find a third rhyme. Now, if you guys want to find that third rhyme, I'll go ahead and post it in the bibliography. Otherwise, I think it's really unimportant, personally. And I think we should just really move on to my favorite part of this episode, which is now that we know what a nursery rhyme is, now that we know who kind of like coined the term Mother Goose and gave it that kind of platform and what these Mother Goose tales are, and we've heard the Jack and Jill version, I think we should start going on to the alternative versions of this uh, nursery rhyme that we all fucking love and one of those being the dirty version oh yeah <laughs> but before we get to the dirty version oh. what i realized when i was doing the dirty version which also i actually got out of the shower and i started giggling and i was, I was like julian julian have you heard the dirty version and he called me a fucking loser okay so what's the best is there multiple dirty versions or is there no there's just one that i think we all know but i made an ep about two-ish three years ago called yuna okay. and in that ep is a song called lil party mm-hmm. lil party most of the second verse the idea of it was inspired by your younger brother elijah rawlings when we made this song about this girl named Rachel. We sang it to her and freestyled it with a grand piano in an auditorium. And the song was Racial Rachel. And then the whole point was taking girls' names and putting like another word next to it and then like making kind of like a song at it. So it was like Racial Rachel, actually Ashley, shit along those themes. So when I did the second verse of Little Party, I tried to implement a lot of female names or I guess female dominant names whatever what whatever and one of them was um i'm jacking the jill off and i forgot that i used to be dope because now in my old age i'm fucking stale and sour i'm like a gefilte fish next week you will be for sure no today really? N- next week is the one year anniversary of my staleness Oh, it's, oh I, all of 25 has been stale. Mm. No, I think it starts after 25. 25 is the last juice you got. Yeah, I thought so too. You're, you're medium well at 25, yeah, and you're about to be well done. Yeah. In a week. By, by 28, you're a hockey puck. Yeah. Oh, it's just Man, no, I, I don't. No, no, no. This is bullshit because Josh. Yeah, exactly. No, but Josh, you're fucking. You're not only a stud. You don't look a day over 27. And then you, you, you motherfucker. Oh, don't you dare look like a piece of shit. Your birthday was two weeks ago. You hit what age? It was the six. Your birthday, what's today? The four, uh, this 15th? Your birthday was last week, nigga. Yeah. How old did you turn? I turned 21 for the ninth time. Yo, dude, don't do that. Mm, you no. know who did that? No, you know you uh, just turned 30 if you said that. Yeah, like that. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the most 30 right? shit you like can say. Like, he literally just proved everything. There you go. Yeah. You could be, you could be from 30 and to all gloriousness. at this point. <laughs> and, you, and you made it honestly, too. You made that statement honestly. You thought we didn't yeah. hear it, and it was you about to blow our mind. You made that statement. Yeah. That's how crazy it is. It's like, <laughs> well, what do you mean? There's nothing kind of... It's just a, a hilarious thing to say. You know, yeah, I feel it's better than some people are like, it's, I'm 30 years young, and I'm like... Uh. Okay. No, okay. Wait, so I mean, I, at 30, you're still young. If you have to make that joke, treat yourself better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what brings us to my point. Okay. For someone who's so gosh darn handsome... Don't know. Hold on, dude. I'm going to insult you. Relax. Daddy's still dumb. For someone who's so goddamn good looking and spry and fucking full of youthful energy at 30, you're such an old sack of shit. (laughs) Whenever you open your mouth, you're like... I'm 29. Nobody gives a fuck. You all it's like a fine wine, man. Yeah, dude. You know what's the difference, though? Fine wines don't make bad jokes. 
I make bad decisions more than bad jokes. No, <laughs> the decision to make that joke was bad, bro. <laughs> and that being yeah. said, it, I think 30s might be the new 20s. I think all of you guys are going to fucking thrive in your next decade. I'm going to die. I'm going to Are we going to talk about how, how fucking young I am, dude? Wait, one thing I'm confused about. <laughs> any, any, maybe, maybe, no? this is, maybe this is... Uh, Maybe this is related to Jack and Jill. Keep um, going. What does this conversation have to do with Jack and Jill? <laughs> um, that when you're this old, uh-huh. it gets harder and harder to remember tidbits of humor that you had when you were younger. Oh. And almost the humor seems like not as palatable. So for our, our older guests on the show, I just want you guys to remember what it was like to be young, since this is my last week of being young, right. I wanted to give you a throwback that me and Julian can still enjoy because we're like fucking. Yeah, I'm shit. I'm yeah. barely at my mid twenties. Yeah. Julian, what are you like? Fucking thirteen? Yeah, for yeah. Twenty three. Thirteen, wow. and he's f- thirteen yeah. and killing it, dude. Yeah. For a thir- he's the only thirteen year old I know who drinks this much gin, and he's killing it. Killing it. Yeah, no, I, I agree it. with that. He even remembered. The juvenile version of Jack and Jill, the rhyme, which we're going to perform for you right now. Holy shit, am I drunk? Jesus Christ. We still haven't heard the dirty version. That's the juvenile Stop. version, you stupid piece of shit. This guy gets real fucking aggro on his show once oh, he starts so drinking. Much. Like, it gets fucking, you get real, you start insulting everybody. a monster. And you're just like a fucking, you just stop talking about your story and you start calling everyone bad name. Like, While murmuring? How are you going to get guests? You're lucky we're your friends. Yeah, what, oh, uh, yeah for sure. Yo, how dude, the fuck are you planning on getting guests? Let's here? start, let's start at the root of this one. You, you're not my friends, oh, you're yeah, my yeah, employees. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Two, employees. Two, my only friend here is Drew and... I have a friend who needs geriatric care. You think I have time to fucking waste on your emotions and feelings? He's going to die in 10 know. years. You're being insulting <laughs> to all, all everyone It's going to be here, like 10 minutes. Drew. No, Drew, Drew's into this. He, he doesn't think it's an insult. He thinks it's foreplay. Well, they have a signed contract. Oh, understood. Oh, you're the sub. So yeah. you're a sub, baby. You have to give him what he wants. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. This Got is you. purely psychosexual. Like feed, you know, okay. Yeah, no, I, I was feeling the psychosexual nature as well. No, I fucking hate you. You're a piece of shit, and so are you, you stupid <laughs> motherfucker. But, but you don't realize how much that ignites me. Yeah, how psychosexual we are. I don't think you realize how the box. S- s- a psycho I am. I know it gets you hard. I just pretend it doesn't, so that way I feel better. Wow. Mm. So this is what I propose. <laughs> Let's do the dirty version. You guys ready for this? Yes. yes. All right. Jesus, any longer you're going to be my age when you finish the damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you fucking... Yeah, that was the... Slam dunk. Oh, 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 that was good. That was good. You want to take over this show, motherfucker? No, by all means. Keep continuing. <laughs> oh, no. Don't do that because then I look mean. Anyways, Jack and Jill went up the hill to smoke some marijuana. Jack a high pulled down his fly. And said, Jill. Do you want to? Do you want to? Jill said yes, lifted her dress, and then they had some fun. But stupid Jill forgot her pill, and then they had a son. Which ties us (laughs) back into the second theory of Jack and Jill, which is Jack and Jill fucking and having a kid. And then that kid ending up to go ahead and fulfill their legacy by building a statue. So this brings me to believe that wait, this. Wait, 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 wait. Are yes, you yes, yes. The dirty version actually has a relation. I'm saying I, I think the, the second smoke version. Doobies and then they fuck. And I then they know. have a baby. Is it an active theory? Do people talk? No, no, nobody does. This is my the first time they're going to hear about this theory, and I truly do kind of believe that this is important because I do think that that came from that version. I think the dirty version of Jack and Jill. Maybe it wasn't like the original version, but I think it was inspired by English kids. I think it was like inspired by that world and not by Americans who think they're the funny, perverse ones. I think England actually hit the nail on the head with this one, and we stole it from them. Regardless, it has huge impact. I'd say the dirty version or the juvenile version, as you put it, is probably the most popular version of this. Yo, that cannot be true because this nigga is like 500 years old, and he remembered <laughs> Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch pail of water. And he didn't remember the smoke marijuana. Did you remember the smoke marijuana one? <clears throat> well, you didn't give me a chance, but I mean, I know Jack pulled out a bunch of skins and gave, you know, rolled a fatty boom batty and gave that Jill. Yo, that was so <laughs> cool, dude. I take back everything I said about Drew. Drew's the youngest one on the show. Josh is <laughs> a fucking dinosaur. But, okay, Josh, you might actually like this. 
what I thought would be fun to do with the ending of this was to propose my own version of this fairy tale. So our nursery rhyme, I wrote two different versions of this nursery rhyme to share with you guys today. Cause I don't know if a lot of you guys know this, but I do rap and I do snap crackle and pop. And the only other person in this room who I know who's ever done it theoretically professionally without ever remembering their lyrics is Joshua Rawlings. And I thought he, would think this was fun. So I wrote two new verses. This is going to be the first one. This is the first one I propose to be the new version of Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill would both be thrilled. Now Brittany has no handler. I say it's fair. We could have been spared the movie with Adam Sandler. Now that I read it, I feel I get it. Art is so cliche. Like Jack and Jill should be Jack and Phil, cause fairy tales are gay. But not like, you know, 2007 YouTube comment section gay, but like super happy and beautiful and like super yeah. homo. Okay, no, that, that was a pretty good attempt. Let's hear, let's hear your other one. All right, so now my second one is my Pride Month, uh-huh. Jack and Jill. Jack and Phil ate colored pills and went out to a rave. Jack won't share, Phil's a bear. And both are my sex slaves. Yeah, that was nice. that was dope, wasn't no, that I'm one? I'm just glad it gave you an opportunity to express yourself. Hey, dude, I wasn't express. This was me speaking on behalf of others, but don't you put this no. evil on me? Well, you know, you wouldn't want to speak on behalf of others. No, so no, I no, imagine, yeah. I, I, I like those cracks. Are there other official versions as well of Jack and Jill? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it, it's the OG, it's the dirty, it's your two versions. Uh, as far as the, the, the different versions of Jack and Joe, the poem, the rhyme, there is multiple different second and third stanzas. Yeah. Never the first. Okay. And most of them are third stanzas, and most of them that are different from this entirely are like the adult, do you call it adulterate? No, not adulterated. The other, the opposite. Like when they're made purely for children, so they literally. Uh, what is it called? Censor the fuck out of it. So it's like super, super childish. Oh, it's like it's softer and softer. Like, but like okay. so soft that it's like clearly some new age fucking. In the last ten years, this was a preschool teacher, right. and she was like, "I'm gonna write my own version and send it out to publications." They were like, "This is great for fucking kids. We'll print this for children." Right. Yes, and uh, but there isn't like a, if we're talking about like true to the Jack and Jill story versions of it. Those are pretty much it. Jack and Joe went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. He fell down, broke his crown. Joe came tumbling after. They went home. They did that shit. And um, uh, then he put the brown paper and vinegar. Now, if you want to hear the third verse, you know what, dude? Just lay it on us. It's short. I- I'm curious about all these different versions. This is this is kind of true. And these have been around for hundreds of years. Like yes. The, and, and all of them have their own. 200 years. Geographical arguably. place. Uh, not really. It's, it's definitely mostly uh, Western and New Western. Okay. So like Europe and then and Ireland, Scotland, like those regions of uh, Europe okay. and then America. America. So it's definitely Western, New Western. This is a childish version so people uh, could understand what I meant by that. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack Fadon broke his crown. Jill came tumbling after. And then up got Jack and said to Jill as in his arms he took her. Brush off that dirt for you're not hurt. Let's fetch that pail of water. So Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch the pail of water, water and took it home to Mother Deer who thanked her son and daughter. They rhyme water three different times. They rhyme water <laughs> with uh, after, daughter, and not hurt. And that's not bullshit. <laughs> that's not hurt is the is the painful. Yeah, one, but this but is yeah. for this is a, a childish oh. version. I'm still looking up the original one with three verses. Uh, what it had to do was uh, let me see. I don't see it, but I kind of remember it. It was basically along the lines of like Jill was laughing at him for falling down and breaking his crown, but the mother ends up beating Jill because she let her brother get hurt. So this oh, okay. so some you said some woman just came up with this is what you said before earlier? What, what came some up woman with just came up with that third verse just because she wanted to is what No no no, 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 no. that's not what I said. I said that uh there is a third verse and I don't remember exactly what it is, but this is what I remember from it 
was it being that like along the lines of like Jill laughing at her brother for breaking his No, crown. I know. I thought you said earlier there was a, the third verse was written by some woman at some time randomly. You mentioned that earlier. Some woman at some time. Are we sure yeah, we're talking about the like, third verse or not it the second really verse? It doesn't really matter that much. It was just written by some woman at the time. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so well, it might it, it, it was like yeah. a bar tune. It, it was, was like, a bar tune. It was a bar tune. Now that I'm thinking about too, that now that I'm thinking about it, that like the That was the third theory. The brown bag or the brown paper at the end just like remind just I was like brown bag, you know what I mean? Like when you're getting the liquor. Yeah, but you don't put vinegar on your brown well, bag. Of course, of not vinegar, but I, I mean, it's also a store. It's a fucking nursery. I don't room. know if, not, if people were brown bagging in seventeen ninety five. True, but I was just saying that's funny. You. I mean, they, they might have been. Like no, I, I don't. I don't think they were at all. But I'm saying like <laughs> it's just funny to like that's what people. That's what you do nowadays. When you go to liquor store. Found it. Found it. Okay. Found it. Yeah, yeah. Jill came in and she did grin. To see his paper plaster, mother vexed did whip her necks for causing Jack's disaster. That's the third verse. Later, the spelling was changed to Jill and more verses were added to carry the story further, of which the most common are that verse. So that they're basically what I was reading to you was from an article that was explaining why Jill changed from G to J and how they added more verses after as well as changing uh, spellings of it to make it fit better as the times evolved. So what's the prevailing theory for why these stories stuck, why there's a couple of different versions, what they represent? Is there, is there the prevailing the the closest I could find to a professional take was a mixture of the same issue we had with the Jack and the Beanstalk thing last week, which is Jack is an archetype for a a male who is going through adolescent like journeys. Jack and Jill was the archetype of a male and a female pair. Just a couple. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. We use it to this day, obviously, so it sticks. Yeah, it's it's like John and Jane for the does. John and Jane Doe. Jack and Jill was just what that was. And it's been used in a multitude of different variations outside of the Jack and Jill storyline. Like you like so Shakespeare used it in the 1500s to say every Jack has his Jill. In some poem, I wish I fucking wrote that down. I wrote down. It was a common term to use for just Jack and Jill. Not necessarily like Jack and Jill, but like just the idea a, a boy of and a girl, like yes, a, a dude. Right, exactly. Yeah, but like, and just so people listening, the way that Shakespeare used it wasn't Jack and Jill. He used every Jack has his Jill, and that's the only way he ever said it in that one play. He never goes yeah. on to say Jack and Jill did anything. He just was. It was a play about some guy named Jack, and he was saying that every Jack would have his Jill sure. to say every man would have his woman. It just happens to rhyme. It's kind of neat. I can see why it would stick. The other thing that I sense in this first part, when you when you say rhyme, did you mean more it had alliteration, the ja and ja? But what if the argument stands for it being Jack and Gill? Would you still have that same understanding? No. So why do you think that maybe Gill? It wasn't, it wasn't Gill. You just pronounced the G like a J. No, but you remember when we were reading I earlier? Did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, some people pronounce the G as a, a G Gill. Yeah, but is that what? No, I, I'm pretty sure we were talking about in the context where they would both have J sounds. Uh, no, we were talking about what Shakespeare wrote. I don't know how he pronounced it. Do you see a version of it where there are G's? A, a lot of them, actually. A lot of them are G's. Now, the argument isn't whether it was spelled with G's. The argument is who pronounced it. Yeah, because some people pronounce the G's as J's. Right. And a lot of France pronounce Jesus J's, correct? Yeah, it would be. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I, I wouldn't think it would have the same stickiness qualities if it was Gil. Me either. But one thing I do sense from this first <clears throat> verse is that it's also somehow an indoctrination story about partnership because it's Jack and Jill together. It's, it's creating a kind of a formal relationship between man and woman doing activity and injecting that kind of easy to understand story into a nursery. Do you think that it's that same uh, synopsis you have? applies if jack and jill are siblings the indoctrination of male and female because i kind of see no, it but not in the same way not in the same way right i, just always, I, I think the dirty version makes me assume that they're partners and there's I mean, also like we talked about in the second theory of where this story came out so it's never specified that they're not and we found out in jack and the beanstalk most versions specify Jack as a young man, young adult, but Jack's Briggins and the Enchanted Bean, the earliest version of that, 
Jack was a young adult who was drinking booze and fucking people. Right. Yeah, but what was a young adult then? Uh, what, an example like that. I mean, fifteen. Like uh, it doesn't matter necessarily the age when we're specifying that when Jack is proposed as a young adult, being from nine to eleven, or like the young man, whatever you want it, nine yeah. to eleven, they never introduce adult themes like, like yeah, drinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. But specifically in the Jack Spriggins ones, where they never define the age, anyways, but they do introduce adult things. So it makes you think maybe he's older or old enough to indulge in those things. I'm sure they probably weren't glorifying a nine-year-old drinking. Sure, sure. I'm sure Jack Spriggins and the Enchanted Bean was of age to drink. And well, I don't think being of age no. to drink in old Europe was a big thing. It didn't exist. That, also, that everyone, meant, but... including children, drank every day. Drank right. alcohol it... every day, single day. Yeah, but go to a bar to drink ale. I feel like that was probably an activity entertained no, by at least... Beer at the time was sometimes 1% or 2% alcohol, so people would just drink it instead of water. Right. At the time, like everybody, including children, like right. it would just be their source of. Is water. this true? Like 16, yeah. 1700s, they would drink it in, st- in place of water? Literally everybody drank it. That's all be rough. The sterilization properties of alcohol. Also, the calorie yeah, profile. Calories. Yeah, calories, calories is a big factor. But it was specifically, they were like 1% to 2%. Beers were right. not 4, 5, 6, 7% like they are today. Does the 1% to 2% still sterilize? Uh, I, I don't know how much they were concerned about that as much okay. as it was just calories and you could drink it and for some reason it wouldn't get you sick as much as water did right i don't know to what extent that comes from the actual alcohol or something else having to do with the fermentation it could process. also be probiotics like yeah. a, a misunderstood sure. it, yeah of okay. probiotics. You know, but but from well, a caloric that alcohol plays a role in potentially societies because yeah. it was it, the reason it makes you less sick is because yeah. it does something in the water that do you argue so that 1600 as well do you argue 16 1700s is ancient societies or do you think that like that understanding yeah, would have been carried alcohol when I said that it's like okay. so it goes that far back okay so even the most like the most rudimentary alcohols like mead was one for preservation of goods that wouldn't have been bad if you didn't do something with them we're coming up and on the, the thirty was, second mark cool and the other one was purifying water which is lovely I hate I hate. That's it, guys. I didn't have anything after that. I thought you guys were going to like follow through with it, but you didn't. I just hate. Does anybody want to follow through with that? You hated what? What the the theory we were discussing? No, 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 no. I think Josh was onto something profound. <laughs> that was dope. That was actually super dope. I've never thought about it in that way. I just hate. I don't like. I, I don't know. You guys are my friends, and I feel real comfortable when I'm on this show. So, like, sometimes I I just like to share with you guys how I'm feeling. Is that okay? No. Not like that. <laughs> how, how would you propose I do it in the future? Like a fucking adult. Hey, guys. Know? I fucking, I fucking <laughs> I hate <laughs> Julian's lack of willingness for me to feel. But it's okay. You know why? No, just feel correctly, please. Jack <laughs> is just a fucking guest on this show. Papa's the host. And you know what Papa says? Uh, Papa says it's been nobody a cares. fucking delight. No. That my Best friend, somebody who saved my life on multiple occasions, somebody who currently is the only reason why I take my health into consideration, could have been present for this fucking riveting experience. I look at Julian, you know what I think? I think stud. I think stud. I think I think hot sis. I think fucking good guy. And that's why I want to thank him for being on this show and thank him. For taking time out of his busy schedule. To Nemo's Pescado, bro. To make our drinks at that halftime mark. I'm so glad he went and did that. Because like without <laughs> that, I don't know how this show would have gone on. Thank you so much. I also want to ask everybody real quick. Uh-huh. In the most drunken, realistic way you could imagine. Uh-huh. What's something that was actually notable about this episode you didn't know before we did it. That you kind of like learned just now. The biggest one was the heads rolling to, to represent the yep. internet. That was the coolest. Yeah. Okay. Great. What about you, Drew? All right. Fuck you, Drew. <laughs> I want to go ahead and say thank you to not only Julian for being here, but thank you also to Josh and Drew for being here. Josh, choo choo conductor, Drew, choo choo cameraman. Do you guys want to plug anything in? Do you guys have anything exciting going on in your lives that you want to plug in? Of course you don't. Y'all are yeah. boring. But if you did, this would be a perfect time to do it. I appreciate the opportunity to learn. This is this is a. I have to look more into Jack and Joel, see what's really going on. Fuck you. What about you, Drew? I'm excited to celebrate. 
I love you, Drew. See, Drew, you got some quality answers. Probably because you're 30 and you're super wise. And to the other 30 year old, are you 30? I'm 32. To the other 29 year old in this room (laughs) who keeps us going, I just want to thank not necessarily him, the individual, but him, the entity and corporation that's looking over all of us, kind of like Big Brother does, the Helios Network. We're always keeping a gangster, holding us down, and making sure that this young black Mexican man has a place to express himself. I want to thank Hendrix for being Jin. Uh, if you want to pay for this podcast, fucking go for it. I would. I do want to apologize to Ryan Reynolds because, like, I'm dude. I'm sorry. I should have picked aviation because I love you, bro. Mm. I fucking love you, but I didn't. I went with Hendrix because Julian's. Fucking French. Yeah, and, because Hendrix is better than aviation. Yo, opinion. dude, don't, don't, that's why. Don't that's fucking belief. say that. Don't you ever fuck say that again. I enjoy I it more. Real. I enjoy it. it more. Are you saying that? What? I like Hendrix more than aviation. Aviation I, ate a bad gin. No. It's delicious. But I like Hendrix more. Yeah, hey, I, Ryan I Reynolds, it. if you want to fuck my mom, go for it. But honestly, in the meantime, I'm just going to fuck Julian and Owen for saying some bullshit like that. But I do want to say. <laughs> While I'm fucking you, looking you in the eyes. Actually, let's look in the eyes right now. Hold on, I'm going to take these off. Looking you in the eyes while we're making sweet, passionate love. Thank you to the Helios Network, seriously, for putting this together. Thank you to my guests, seriously, for fucking joining. Thank you to Drew, seriously, for recording my butthole. And remember, guys, drink and read responsibly. Or you might think you're important enough to start a podcast. And that's not Borat, that's Afghanistan. Fuck you, Josh. (laughs)